Hello, I'm Noel Lim on ASEAN Speaks by Maybank. In today's weekly briefing, our economists investigate the impacts from higher interest rates on growth in the ASEAN six countries of our coverage and expectations of interest rates and inflation. We also look at why ASEAN will remain the cleanest dirty shirt as developed markets continue to struggle and we get an update on tourists returning to Thailand and what's ahead in terms of market liquidity in Vietnam. Chua Hak Bin, co-head of Macro Research, moderates the call. Hey, hi, morning. It's 13 June. Just a quick wrap on markets last week. It was a miserable week for markets with MSCI World Index falling 4.4%. US markets sold off sharply after the US inflation surged to 8.6% in May. That's the highest level in four decades. The surge was driven by energy and food prices and airline fares. This will add pressure on the Fed to tighten monetary policy aggressively, with the Fed set to hike rates by another 50 basis points on Wednesday this week. Uh, but some analysts are even expecting a 75 basis point hike. The US S&P 500 fell 5.1% over the week, while the Nasdaq fell 5.6%. Uh, cryptocurrencies also saw a massive sell-off uh, over the weekend. In reaction to the 41-year high inflation data, the US two-year treasury um, jump well past 3% to 3.06%. The US 10-year now is at 3.16%. The European Central Bank confirmed on Thursday last week that it will stop its bond buying program this month and raised interest rates for the first time in 11 years in July. The Eurozone stocks fell by more than 3% last week. Uh, here in Asia, the MSCI Asia X Japan Index was more resilient, squeezing out a 0.5% gain, thanks to positive macro data from China, hopes of easing out the tech crackdown and reopening in Shanghai. Uh, China issued 16 new video game licenses uh, early last week, raising hopes for further regulatory relaxation. The Hang Seng Index gained more than 3% of the week. Uh, but over the weekend, and there is some bad news that half of Shanghai will be shuttered again to test millions of residents as signs of new COVID cases emerge. The new measures will affect eight out of uh, Shanghai's 16 districts. Uh, cases are also surging again in Beijing with an outbreak uh, linked to a popular bar. In Japan, the yen fell 2.7% on the week to 134.4 against the US dollar, which helped lift Japanese exporters on Nikkei. Uh, note that the Japanese yen is at a record low of 96 yen against the Sing dollar. All the ASEAN markets, however, cracked last week, with the largest falls in Malaysia and Philippines, uh, found by more than 3% for these two markets. Uh, for this week, markets will be focused on the Federal Reserve's two-day meeting and the clues it will give about future rate heights. The Fed is widely expected to raise the Fed funds rate by 50 basis points on Wednesday, and again by another 50 basis points in July. Uh, but the hot inflation data for May is sparking expectations of even further aggressive heights uh, after that. Uh, just bear in mind the S&P, S&P futures are down almost 1%. NASDAQ uh, futures are down about 1.4%. So besides the Fed, the other US data to watch out for includes the producer price index on Tuesday, retail sales on Wednesday, housing starts on Thursday, industrial production on Friday. Uh, some US companies reporting earnings this week include Oracle, Adobe, Kroger, and Jabil. The Bank of England meetings on Thursday, and the Bank of England is expected to hike again by 25 basis points. Bank of Japan meets on Friday, but it's expected to stick to its easy monetary policy despite the weaker yen. In Europe, the key data releases include the final May CPI for the Eurozone, Germany, and France. In Asia, the Taiwanese central bank is holding its June meeting, and there might be another 25 basis point rate high as well, given the stronger inflation outlook. Uh, China will be releasing some May data, which should provide some clarity on the impact from the lockdowns. Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia will be reporting the export data for May. Uh, today, we have Suhaimi on the historical impact from high interest rates on growth and Malaysia's macro data, Jue on Thailand, Indonesia, inflation, and what the central banks will likely do. 
Anand on his latest thoughts on ASEAN strategy, Desmond on a wrap for Malaysian bank earnings in the first quarter, Iwani on an upgrade for Thai tourism sector, enemy stock market and why he's lowering the index target. So let's kick off first with uh, Suhaimi. Uh, Suhaimi, you investigated an historical collation and impact from high interest rates on growth. What are the key findings? Which ASEAN economy is more vulnerable to high rates? And is this uh, consistent with your intuition? Hi, um, morning, Abin. Morning, uh, everyone. So given the interest rate hike right now is a, a hot topic, so to speak. So we look at the sensitivity of ASEAN 6 GDP growth to a 25 basis point increase in benchmark interest rate over a period of 12 months after the interest rate increase. Um, I think the impact generally showed that um, the biggest uh, effect on growth is on Singapore. A 25 basis point increase in uh, benchmark interest rate. In this case of Singapore, we use three months cyber. Uh, GDP would be cut by 0.9 percentage point over a period of 12 months. Uh, at the opposite extreme is the relatively muted impact on Indonesia's GDP over a 12 month period from a 25 basis point increase in Bank Indonesia's benchmark interest rate, just uh, 0.001 percentage point. In between, we have uh, impact on Vietnam and Thailand at around 0.35, 0.34 percentage point. Philippines impact is 0.28 percentage point and for Malaysia, it's 0.2. Uh, percentage point. I think the large uh, impact on the Singapore implied the significant effect of monetary policy tightening, both domestic and globally, on a small open economy that is a financial and trade center, plus the implication to the property and real estate market. Um, as mentioned at the other end of the spectrum, spectrum is the surprisingly muted effect on benchmark interest rate hikes on Indonesia's real GDP growth. Uh, just to note our analysis. Uh, on, on the impact of 25 basis point hike and benchmark interest rates on GDP growth use quarterly data points in the post-GFC and pre-COVID-19 period, i.e. 2010 to 2019, to capture the most recent uh, episodes of monetary policy tightening uh, cycle. This may have affected the result for Indonesia, especially in view of the change in Bank Indonesia's benchmark interest rate in uh, August 2016 to the current uh, seven-day reverse repo rate from the previous BI rate that is equivalent to a 12-month interest rate. And the change in the benchmark interest rate by Indonesia uh, is to strengthen the effectiveness of monetary policy transmission, suggesting there were issues uh, on that front uh, previously. On to Malaysia, GDP growth was uh, stronger than expected in the first quarter at 5%. For April data, is your GDP growth tracker holding up despite the China lockdowns, rising food prices, and rising global interest rates? And do you have a rough estimate for second quarter GDP for Malaysia? Well, based on April data for industrial production index that cover the output of manufacturing, mining, and power sectors, as well as distributive trade volume index that comprises uh, retail, wholesale, and motor vehicle sales volume plus CPO output. We estimated that in April, Malaysia's GDP growth accelerated to 6.6%. That is uh, picking up steam after the 5.4% growth in March and the 5% average in first quarter. Um, the acceleration in distributive trade volume index to 10% in April from March 4.7%. And first quarter's average of 3.9% indicate stronger services sector activities. 
which account for 57% of GDP. And the surge in weighted average of retail and motor vehicle sales volume in April to 14.5% from March uh, 7% and first quarter average of just under 6% uh, suggests uh, or point to pick up in consumer spending. So I think what we are seeing right now is the pent-up demand and spending impact uh, with a full economic opening, including the removal of international border restrictions on 1st April. And then, of course, we are now also seeing the effect from the disbursement of the 40 billion ringgit special EPF withdrawal happening in April and May. And there is also the improving job market conditions. In April, uh, jobless rate fell to 3.9%. Uh, the first reading below 4% since March 2020. And this is the lowest uh, unemployment rate figure since February 2020, 3.3%. Even um, employment growth accelerated also to 3.3% in April from 2.9% in March and average for first quarter. So I think the number justify BNM decision to start unwinding monetary policy accommodation with the 25 basis point hike in OPR last month. As for second quarter GDP growth, I think roughly we can, we reckon potentially it will be a high single digit year on year figure after the 5% in first quarter. Uh, from this uh, reopening and domestic tailwinds. But we do expect moderation in growth in the second half of this year due to the external headwinds. So, I mean, can you just remind us when you expect Bank Negara to hike next? Um, right now, we are looking at uh, potentially September. Thanks, Swami. Jue, both Indonesia and Thailand reported inflation data for May last week with inflation uh, picking up. Let's start with Indonesia first. What are the main inflation drivers and do you think Bank Indonesia will hike this month? Hi, morning everyone. Uh, so in Indonesia, headline inflation aged up to 3.6% in May uh, from a year ago uh, amid the Ramadan festivals. And core inflation, excluding uh, volatile food and government-controlled prices, came in at 2.6%. Uh, that was similar to the uh, The key drivers for May were really uh, the volatile food prices, which surged by 6%. Uh, some of the items driving this are bulk cooking oil, which is 30% above last year's levels, and also an uptick in prices of eggs, beef, and sugar. Uh, growing food protectionism around the region, uh, such as India's ban of sugar and wheat exports, uh, and the emergence of food and mouth disease in Indonesia may trigger further increases in food prices in the coming months. Uh, transport costs at 4.8% stayed high, uh, driven by higher air, air transport costs as well as gasoline prices. Uh, we are looking at the uh, Bank Indonesia to deliver its first rate hike in the upcoming meeting on the 23rd of June, uh, which will follow the Fed's rate announcement on the 16th of June. Uh, by then, uh, the Fed, if they hike by 50 bips this time round, would have uh, cumulatively hiked 125 bips. And for Indonesia, uh, the economy has already climbed to above pre-pandemic levels as of first quarter. Uh, inflation is aging up closer to the upper end of BI's target range. And additional fiscal support in the form of energy subsidies has been approved to support domestic demand. And uh, we think that these factors will allow BI to start normalizing uh, to close this widening rate differential against the Fed. So, Jay, for Thailand, headline inflation is also a surprising upside. And I think it's now the highest in the ASEAN six countries. So, what's driving prices? Uh, what is Bank of Thailand signaling after deciding to hold rates last week? 
Yeah, so headline CPI in Thailand is the highest in the region, 7.1% uh, in June. That's the fastest pace in 14 years. Uh, and that's also been fueled by the acceleration in energy and food prices. Uh, transport costs jumped by 13%, uh, with motor fuel prices rising by 36%. Uh, and the government has uh, increased diesel prices to 32 baht per litre from the previous 30 baht on the 1st of May, uh, given the uh, deficit in the oil fuel fund has been widening significantly. Uh, food costs has also picked up by 6.2%, uh, driven by soaring prices of meat, cooking oil and eggs. Uh, housing costs are also surging at above 6%, uh, driven by electricity costs. I recall that tariffs were raised by around 6% from the period of May to August. Uh, last week, the BOT uh, committee voted 4 to 3 to maintain the policy rate at 0.5%. Uh, this is the first split vote calling for a hike since the start of the pandemic. And it does signal a clear shift uh, from an accommodative stance to a more hawkish stance. And the BOT uh, cited that given the upside risk for economic recovery and inflation, uh, there would be less need for this current accommodative monetary policy going forward. And they also hiked their inflation forecast significantly uh, to 6.2% from 4.9% uh, in the previous meeting. Uh, and now it's based on the assumption for crude oil price to average $105 per barrel compared to the previous $100 per barrel. Uh, given BOT's guidance, uh, we raised our inflation forecast uh, by another round to 6% from 5.2%. Uh, and we are now looking at BOT to hike twice this year uh, instead of the uh, previous assumption for a 25-bit rate hike. Uh, so we expect the first hike in the next meeting on the 10th of August. And the second hike will likely be in the fourth quarter given the significantly higher inflation projections. Thanks, Jay. And the 90-page ASEAN chart book summarizes the equity strategy and macro outlook and some uh, very interesting charts for all the ASEAN six countries and sectors. Can you give us a brief overview on why ASEAN is the cleanest dirty shirt? Hi, morning, Hugbin, and morning, everyone. Yeah, so we published this uh, chart book uh, you know, in conjunction with the kickoff of our Invest ASEAN 2022 um, uh, conference. And I think for ASEAN strategy, which you'll find uh, you know, in, uh, from page four onwards, we're calling ASEAN the cleanest dirty shirt because you know, the whole world has problems right now. Uh, you know, capital markets are volatile everywhere. And the issues facing the developed world, you know, inflation, interest rates, uh, recession risk, those are you know, less and less uh, strangers to ASEAN as well. Uh, as you know, Julian and Suami have already mentioned, you know, inflation con concerns are front and center in, in ASEAN now, despite, for most countries at least, uh, relatively uh, moderate uh, inflation headlines compared to developed markets. We all know it's heading up. We all know interest rates in this region are heading up as well. Uh, but on a comparative basis, GDP numbers are still looking quite positive for this year compared to uh, our peers in North Asia and the developed world. Uh, and in far as inflation and uh, interest rates are concerned, uh, we don't expect uh, as high uh, a trend up uh, as compared to uh, our developed market counterparts as well. So from that perspective, ASEAN, which has been outperforming year to date, should continue to outperform in this current very stressed global environment for capital markets. Sanan, you also released the fortnightly ASEAN X. Uh, ASEAN markets as well have been under some pressure. Uh, I think last week, uh, um, yeah, quite a bit of sell-off as well. I think only Asia and Singapore are still up for the year. So what are the key themes and highlights? Any key changes to the top buys and sells? 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you look at this performance chart here in figure two, you'll see that Indonesia is really pulling ahead of the rest of the pack. Uh, I think Julia mentioned uh, earlier that uh, the economy there has recovered to its pre-pandemic levels in terms of size. And we're also seeing very positive news flow in terms of the commodity space in Indonesia, consumer sentiment, uh, as well as, you know, some of the new economy stocks that didn't make such a great IPO uh, a month or two ago, but which are now you know, showing some recovery, and that's helping uh, the benchmark index recover as well. So Indonesia is up there. Singapore is holding on to its gains. Uh, the rest of ASEAN is still in negative territory. But when you compare it to the, the North Asian and uh, you know, developed market counterparts, still outperforming. I think in our view, uh, you know, the front and center issue right now for our clients is really inflation and how to defend their portfolios against inflation. Uh, so the sectors that we talk about are things like uh, banks, uh, interest rates moving up, helping margins, uh, commodity stocks in sectors like plantations uh, and oil and gas and coal, also consumer staples, uh, uh, which have pricing power and resilient demand, uh, as well as green stocks. You know, uh, you know, with the energy crisis and energy prices surging, a lot of these countries will probably push through regulations to accelerate investments in transition technology. Uh, to make their energy sources greener. So all those sectors are in play. I think, uh, you know, most recently we've initiated on a couple of stocks, ST Engineering with a buy in Singapore, uh, also uh, in uh, the Philippines, uh, AC Energy uh, as well uh, with a buy. Uh, and one cell, uh, and this really highlights uh, an inflationary loser, which is consumer discretionary. That's ACES IJ in Indonesia, we've cut to sell. So all across the board, uh, consumer discretionary is probably the most vulnerable to uh, eroding real disposable income. And our downgrade of ACES IJ uh, exemplifies that. Thanks, Anand. Let's bring in uh, Desmond on the Malaysian bank earnings results for the first quarter. Was it above or below your expectations? And what are the key themes? And which banks did especially well in the first quarter? Morning. So generally, the results season was decent in that most of the results were within expectations, but it was unexciting. Um, overall, there are still quite a few challenges. The common themes across banks this results season include interest margin pressure and lower non-interest income, which impacted uh, cumulative operating profit, which contracted 5% year on year. The first quarter cumulative corporate tax profit rose 8% year on year on the back of lower credit costs, but this was offset by Chukai Makmo, leading to net profit coming in flat year on year as a whole, actually. So for the full year, we forecast subdued operating profit and net profit growth of just 2% and 1% respectively. There are two areas that we think earnings could surprise positively. One is perhaps better named since, uh, so I mean, it's expecting one more rate hike this year, which we haven't factored in yet. And secondly, lower credit costs as loans continue to roll off the repayment assistance schemes. So of the banks in our coverage, AMMB, CIMB, and Hong Kong Financial Group uh, surprised on the upside. AMMB on the back of lower provisions as it was for CIMB as well. Hong Kong Financial Group actually surprised positively on lower than expected uh, uh, tax rates. So the only negative surprise actually came from BIMB due to lower investment income and NIM compression during the quarter. Desmond, Swainis report suggests that Malaysia's growth seems to be the least sensitive to interest rates amongst the ASEAN. Uh, do you agree with this finding? Does this apply to Malaysian banks' earnings growth and NPLs? And how sensitive are they to rising interest rates? 
Yeah, so essentially, the only thing that we're cautious about at this point in time is the impact of inflation on consumer demand uh, into the second half of this year into next year. But generally, I do agree with the statement and we do expect the banks to perform much better into 2023 in the absence of some of these challenges, actually. Okay, great. Thanks, Desmond. Uh, let's bring in Yuani on Thailand. So um, Thailand's opening up. And I think uh, last week, they seemed to remove all testing requirements for tourists. I'm looking forward to my trip to Phuket in September. Uh, you are upgrading the Thailand tourism sector to positive. And um, I guess uh, I didn't meet a US client who's uh, saying that uh, that's very bullish in Thai tourism because of the revenge spending and pent-up demand that he's seeing in the, in the US. Uh, so what's the impact from the reopening so far on Thai tourism and why are you so bullish? Yes, good morning. The easing of entry rules have increased the number of tourist arrivals uh, months on months, uh, every month since April. In April, there were about 300,000 tourists to Thailand, up 39% month on month. And in May, this was roughly three, sorry, 532,000 or 70% month on month. In this will probably go up to at least 600,000. We turn positive and are bullish for three reasons. First, Thailand is turning endemic in the second half of this year, and this should encourage more domestic and international travel. Secondly, the revenge spending that you earlier talked about in Europe, we should spill over to Thailand. European uh, travelers are the largest group of tourist arrivals to Thailand uh, year to date. Thirdly, as Thailand has eased entry rules uh, and the uh, 4Q high season is ahead, we think the strong increase in tourist arrivals should continue throughout the year. So Yoni, which are your top picks now in the Thai tourism space? My top picks in the sector are first, AOT target price 80 baht due to the monopolistic status in the Thai airport sector and a prime beneficiary of the recovery in Thailand. And secondly, Minch uh, target price 42 baht because of the strong recovery in tourism in Europe where it earns 60% of its hotel income from. Yoni, yes. just a um, last question. Will China and Hong Kong lockdowns and all these restrictions, Japan cap the upside? Well, not this year. Uh, we expect uh, China to open up next year, so it will not impact our forecast of 9 million tourist arrivals for this year. Uh, next year, we expect 22 million, and uh, I think that should account for uh, Chinese tourists. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Let's begin Hui on Vietnam. Hui, the Vietnamese stock market has been under some pressure this year. You are lowering your Vietnamese stock index target now to 1550 uh, from 1800. Why is such a big downgrade, and which sectors have been selling off this year? Morning, happy. Yeah, we reduce our target price because of softer liquidity going forward. The ongoing overhaul of the capital market has a lower daily traded value by 40% on Ho Chi Minh stock exchange to around 600 to 700 million US dollars in May. 
and we think uh, liquidity will not improve anytime soon. So, but uh, we maintain our growth, growth forecast for this year. Uh, uh, I mean, corporate earnings at around 25%, but the reduced target B to DR to around 14.5 times, which is a five year uh, one standard deviation below five year average. So, um, the lower target price for the VNDAX to uh, 1550 points. So for the worst performers are property related sectors, especially small and mid caps, which are now in the center of the market scrutiny. But this is just uh, our year end target. Vietnam has just been a break to uh, BB plus by S&P Global, one notch away for to reach investment grade. Therefore we in the longer run, we still believe in the development of the stock market given strong corporate earnings growth and the potential upgrade of the country credit rating to investment grade as well as the equity market to emerging status. Hui, for the rest of the year, what's your sector preferences and which are your top five stock picks? Uh, well, in the first half, rebounding was the main team, investment team, and uh, we it will continue so in the second half in our view. So we are bullish on retailing, logistics and banks. And uh, in each of uh, these sectors, we pick Anthology, number one retail, local retailer, VRE, number one retail space lesser, ACV, the monopoly, airport owner and operator, ZMD, the leading seaport operator and TCP, the leading digital bank. Okay, great. Thanks, Sui. That's all we have for today. Have a good week ahead. That's a wrap for today's weekly briefing. As always, contact your trading rep for more information and check out Market Insights on the Maybank Trade app. I'm Noel Lim on ASEAN Speaks by Maybank. Bank.